see it. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Christ the Savior is born. He is God, Emmanuel. That means he's with us. We're not forsaken. And not only that, but he's here to save. His heart is to save. So tonight I pray that we experience the wonders of his love, of his salvation, of his grace. We're gonna sing some classic Christmas carols tonight. Are you with me? Yeah, let's do it together. Come on. 
open up your hands with me. We're just going to thank the Father now for this gift of Jesus at Christmas. So Father God, with a receptive posture, we thank you and we praise you that you did not leave us alone and want in the darkness, but you sent your son to be the light in this world. And so we receive again and afresh today in this Christmas Eve, this gift We receive and we worship and we say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have come and we celebrate and we worship you now. To you be the glory in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats and welcome and Merry Christmas again. My name is Evan Riedahl. I'm one of the pastors here at New Life Downtown. Uh, If you're new and we've never gotten the chance to meet you, we would love to meet you right after service. Out in the lobby, there's a welcome team right in the middle of the welcome area. We'd love to get to know your name. And then if you would like to, uh, if you could share some contact info with us, we could do some follow-up next week or the week after and just get to know you even more and help you plug in in any way that you'd want with this congregation of New Life Downtown. Uh, And welcome to you in the room and the kids in the room. And welcome to anybody joining us online, wherever you are, if it's a different house or a hospital, wherever you are, it's so great to be connected in this way. And Merry Christmas to you as well. As we continue in our worship of God and our our glorifying of him, one of the ways in which we recognize uh, as a way and a means of worship is recognizing that everything we have, who we are and what we've been given is a gift from God and we offer it back to him in worship. So here at New Life Downtown, in a fiscal way, there's four ways to give. You can do it digitally online or via the app. And if you do it that way, just mark New Life Downtown 
downtown as a congregation that you're giving towards. Uh, keep all our ducks in a row in that way. Uh, or if you're here in the room, there's boxes out in the lobby that you can drop an offering in, or you can do it via mail. Uh, and I just wanted to give a little praise report, so get ready to celebrate with me, okay? So there's a little bit of a call and response. Uh, things that we're celebrating, especially today, that right now at the Springs Rescue Mission down the street from us, um, over the course of November and then into December, we packed over 250 care bags that on this Christmas Eve are being given to our homeless neighbors as a way of showing them love in this city. So praise the Lord and thank you for your generosity in that. And thanks to all the kids who helped us pack those bags. Uh, as well, along with that, we had op two opportunities specifically in the last couple of weeks. One, we've sponsored uh, 75 kids from Palmer High School. So the school that we're in today to get Christmas presents, maybe they wouldn't have gotten otherwise any at all. Uh, but they reached out and they said, we need help. We're connected with the school. And so thank you all of you for providing 75 students with Christmas presents this year and showing the love of God in that way as well. And then a last minute opportunity that came in just last week was 140 kids, Ken correct me, it was 125, he's like, actually it was 140 that we got to give gifts to uh, at the Salvation Army Shelter. So they are getting gifts today as well because of your generosity. So thank you, thank you, thank you for the way that you have poured out and are in the city for the sake of the city. We get to prepare our hearts now to receive the word of God through the sermon and we do so right now with special music. So just take this moment and do that. Teenage girl in her soon to be A simple trip far as they could see The sky was clear in the hour serene But did they know what the night would bring? Strung across the land, they've been waiting long for a healing hand. My heart was there, and I felt the chill when love came down and the earth stood still. When love came down and the earth stood still. I remember him well. 
like I was there that night My heart was there and I felt the chill When love came down and the earth stood still When love came down and the earth stood still When love came down and the earth stood still Father, we pray that the same thing would happen for us here tonight, that you would reveal your love to us once again, the love of the Father, the love of the Son, and the love of the Spirit, the love shared between the Trinity would be made known to us, your people tonight, and that you would still our world, you would still our lives. Would you bring peace to our racing thoughts? Would you bring stillness to our anxious hearts? Would you bring relief to all the things that bring knots to our stomachs? Would you bring peace to our world and peace to us and still us in such a way that we can hear your voice, know your ways and walk in them once again. We pray all these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen, amen. Can you thank our worship team again for leading us? Amazing. Thank you guys so very much. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. My name is Jason. I serve as the lead pastor here at New Life Downtown. And once again, welcome. We're so absolutely delighted that you're here with us, especially if you're visiting or maybe you're home from living away or coming back to Colorado or to the Springs, wherever you happen to be coming from. Thank you for being here with us uh, tonight as we worship and join together in uh, this special night of Christmas Eve. In March of 2020, uh, you remember, uh, March of 2020, as we were all adjusting to what it means to stay at home, uh, we were uh, dealing with all kinds of uh, emotions as we were facing uh, a considerable amount of uncertainty and wrestling with uh, competing narratives and thoughts and ideas about what are we to do in the midst of all that's happening in the world. And we were doing what we normally do when we face uncertainty, and that's stockpiling toilet paper. Uh, as, as we were dealing with all of those things, John Krasinski, better known as Jim Halpert from The Office, or Big Tuna, if you will. Uh, some of you know him better as Jack Ryan from Amazon. Some of you know him as Mr. Poppins, if you prefer his wife's work more than his. But John is an actor and director and filmmaker. And John decided in the middle of the pandemic to host a YouTube series from his living room called Some Good News. It was a news program entirely dedicated to good news. The whole point of it was simply to have a moment in time on the internet just to simply talk about what is good 
that is happening around us. It only lasted nine episodes, eight that aired during the spring, and then they came back for one Christmas album, uh, for one Christmas episode. But Sarah and I watched all of them. We watched most of them multiple times. And every time I laughed, and every time I cried, and every time I chortled when you're trying to laugh and cry at the same time, and you're just not sure, you know, sort of what to do, and it's an embarrassing sound that you make, but it feels good as well, as long as you're in the comfort of your own home and not on stage uh, doing something like that. Well, it only lasted those nine episodes, but what he did during that time is he, he interviewed a cancer survivor. He interviewed several healthcare workers who were going through the pandemic. He brought on the entire cast of Hamilton and had them sing to a Hamilton super fan, uh, this little girl who couldn't go to see the show. He inter- even interviewed the astronauts hanging out in the International Space Station. Uh, it was fascinating. And then he hosted a virtual prom and a virtual graduation for high school students that just were missing out on all of those moments in time. But mostly, he just told stories. Mostly, he told stories of kindness and stories of sacrifice, stories of the things that people were doing for other people as we faced difficult times. And it was absolutely delightful to watch. It was delightful without ever being fanciful, without ever denying the reality of what we were facing during that time. It was a reminder that in the darkest and most trying times that we face as people, that there are still good things happening that we can celebrate. There are still good things that can bring us joy. And all of these years later, I think, man, Not much has changed from 2020 to 2023. We need that kind of reminder as much now as we did then. But I think the thing that has stuck with me the most over the course of those many years of thinking about this really brief show on YouTube was the description of the show itself, entirely dedicated to good news, entirely dedicated to good news. It's an apt description of the church. It's who we are. It's who we're called to be, a people who are entirely dedicated to good news. And it's an apt description of tonight, of what Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and the Christmas season represent, is they are a season entirely dedicated to good news. After all, the Christmas Eve night began 2,000 years ago with angels appearing to shepherds in Judean fields and proclaiming to them that they have good news of great joy for all people. In the first century, that concept or the idea of good news had two semantic domains, two places where its meaning found its home. One was in the Roman world itself. In 31 BC, this guy, Gaius Octavius, the adopted son of Julius Caesar, uh, won a decisive battle over Mark Antony and Cleopatra. And when he had won, he issued an edict, a decree, a proclamation throughout the empire that he declared was good news. There is good news now for Rome because I have won the battle. I have won the victory. Four years later, he was recognized as the sole leader of the Roman empire and given the name that we now know him by Caesar Augustus. During his reign, he would go on to deify his father so that he could call himself the son of God. He referred to himself as the benefactor and the savior of the whole world. He was the one that he credited himself for bringing peace to the entire known world, the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome to all. So if you asked someone living in the Roman Empire in the first century, If you said to them, what is the good news? Or in our kind of language, what is the gospel? What is the good news that you have to share? What is the good news that you're celebrating? They would say, well, the good news is this. The good news is that Caesar is Lord. The good news is that Caesar reigns. The good news is all that Caesar is and all that Caesar has done. But that wasn't the only place that word 
found meaning and significance. There was another version, another home, another semantic domain in the Jewish world where prophets like Isaiah had a different version of what the good news was. Isaiah said this, he says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of a messenger who proclaims peace, who brings good news, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, to Jerusalem, your God reigns, your God rules. See, for the Jewish people, the good news was not about something that had happened in the past. It was not about Caesar's victory. It was not about all that Caesar had brought to the world. But instead, for them, the good news was about a promised future, a day when God would return to Israel, rescue them from their oppression, and he would usher in a new world where true peace and true justice were actually taking place. If you asked a Jew living in the first century, what is the good news, they would say the good news is that our God is king and one day he will return and he will set everything right. Again, the good news has nothing to do with Caesar. The good news has everything to do with our God. And those two definitions converge in Luke's telling of the Christmas story. In the first century, Israel's oppressor was Caesar. Caesar Augustus just proclaiming peace to the whole world was actually ruling through his military might, through oppression, through fear, through all kinds of things that were causing people challenges and through his servants, people like Herod. So when Luke goes to tell the story of Christmas, he says it this way. He says, in those days, Caesar Augustus, that guy, he declared that everyone throughout his empire should be enrolled in the tax lists. See, if you were living in the first century around the Mediterranean Sea, it appeared that Rome was right. And it appeared that Israel was holding on to some sort of pipe dream because it was Augustus who exercised immense power. He commanded the whole world. He controlled his vast kingdom through heavy taxation and through the threat of violence. And even Joseph, a descendant of Judah's royal family, a descendant of King David himself, a Jew living on the outskirts of the Roman Empire, even he was subject to Caesar's decrees. Because Caesar spoke, Joseph and his supernaturally pregnant fiance Mary had to take the trek of 70 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. They had to come down out of the hill country to the Jordan Valley, come along the Jordan, then come back up into the Jerusalem area into Bethlehem via Jericho and the high country routes there. And they made that whole trip not to register for baby gifts, not to find the closest babies are us or Target. They could go and scan all the things that they would want to have. Instead, they got to travel all that way to register for taxes, <laughs> pregnant and traveling. And then when they arrived in Bethlehem, his ancestral home, Joseph walked up to some relative's house hoping to stay there, but the guest room was filled. There was no more space for them. And so they had to stay on the first floor where families would bring their animals in to keep them safe and warm in the midst of the winter or in the midst of the night. The modern equivalent is those of you who are sleeping on the couch tonight or throwing your sleeping bag on the floor because there's no more beds in the house for you to sleep in. Just imagine doing that pregnant and with the livestock around you and the smells of that moment. Maybe your family pet smells similar to that. Ours does, so she stays away from the rest of us. But while they were there, staying in this first floor. The time came for Mary to have her baby and she gave birth to her firstborn child. The son wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger. Certainly this wasn't Mary's birth plan. This wasn't what she thought about and dreamed about and planned out and worked out with her doula or whoever else was helping her along the way. But all of that changed because Caesar gave a command. Because Caesar said, you have to go. And they went, after all, Caesar was Lord, right? 
But what we learn in the scripture passages and what we now talk about for thousands of years later is that there was something else afoot that night. See, what Caesar Augustus didn't know is that by commanding this, by saying that you must go to your ancestral home to be registered, his decree was fulfilling an ancient prophecy. And what we learn in the scriptures is all of Caesar's plans were actually subordinate to the divine's plans, to God's plans. And what Caesar didn't know is that within 300 years, his entire empire would believe a different story when you ask them, what is the good news? They would no longer declare that Caesar is Lord. Instead, they would join the angels and shepherds in declaring this story that nearby shepherds were living in the fields and they were guarding their sheep at night. And the Lord's angels stood before them and the Lord's glory shone around them and they were terrified. And the angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring you good news. I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ. He is the Lord. And this is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great assembly of the heavenly forces with the angel, joined the angel praising God. And they said, glory to God in the heavens and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. The angels appeared and they declared what the prophets had been proclaiming for centuries, what Israel had long hoped was now happening. Their promised future was becoming their present reality. The good news of Christmas is that the God has arrived. The good news is that God is becoming king. The good news is that his firstborn son, the savior of the world, the bringer of true peace has been born this day in Bethlehem. And according to Luke, this was not just good news for his parents. This was not just good news for grandparents and extended family and cousins and nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles. And this wasn't just good news for those shocked shepherds. And this wasn't just good news for captive Israel. But this was good news that changed everything for everyone, everywhere, all the time. In other words, the good news is for you. And the good news is for me. And the good news is for all of us. And the good news is for everyone that we love and that we're thinking about this day. The good news is for the whole world. This is what we celebrate tonight. What we celebrate is the birth of that baby. The birth of Jesus is the sign that God has come near to rescue, to act, and to reign. Jesus is the Savior who's come to set us free from whatever enslaves us. He has come to set us free from fear, from anger, from addiction, from hate, from hurt, from habits, from hangups, from hopelessness, from shame, from guilt, from sin. He's come to set us free from all of it. And he's not only the Savior, he's also the Messiah. He's God's chosen agent who's come to defeat our enemies. He's come to defeat sin and evil and death. And he's not just the Messiah, he's also the Lord, the one who's come to establish his reign on the earth and to teach us how to live, to teach us and show us what it means to be human. And Jesus is Emmanuel, the one who's come to be with us, not just reign over us, but be with us so that there is always, so that he is always with us in our loneliness, in our grief. We are no longer alone. Instead, Christ is with us. And in him, true peace is now available to everyone. True peace is available now. And through him, everlasting peace will come to our world someday. Everlasting peace will come. See, the good news is this, that though challenges abound and bad news resounds in our media, and though it seems that others rule the world, and though there is darkness around us, there is still good news, great news, astounding news, wondrous news, joyful news, that today in David's city, the king has been born. God has come to us. God has come for us. 
Tonight is the night that we celebrate that the good news begins. And the good news is for you. And the good news is for me. And the good news is for everyone. In just a few moments, we're going to celebrate the arrival of our king, the declaration of the good news that God is king over all. And we're going to sing and we are going to light candles. Technically, we're going to turn on tea lights because District 11 forbids open flames in public school buildings. I don't know why that is, but it's just the policy. And so all of those of you with small children who are worried about burning your neighbors tonight, you're welcome. You get a tea light instead. But during this moment, as we sing and we light candles, if you are a follower of Jesus, here's my hope and prayer for you, that as you light your candle, that will remind you of the good news that has come to you and remind you of the good news that you now carry with you to the world. After all, you're a person whose life is now entirely dedicated to good news. And if you are not a follower of Jesus, if you're here tonight because you came with family or you came with a friend or someone invited you along and you're just not sure about all of this, my invitation to you tonight is that would you consider the good news? Would you consider the gospel? Would you consider Jesus? Would you take a moment as we light candles and sing and take a moment to think, to reflect, maybe to ask the question, what if this is true? What if this is the true story of the world? What if this really is the good news? Maybe today would actually be the beginning of good news in your life. Or I invite you, if you're maybe at a different place, to take a leap of faith and to pray. As we sing and as we light candles, maybe take a moment and ask God to reveal himself to you. To say that simple prayer, Jesus, would you make yourself known in my life? Would you show up? Would you make yourself known in some way? Or maybe you're sitting here saying, you know, I think I do believe, but I'm having some struggles. Maybe you pray that prayer that another person in the story prayed at one point and said, Jesus, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. Or maybe you find yourself ready to begin to follow Jesus, that you've been captivated by him and you're ready to turn your life over to Lord Jesus, maybe you say a simple prayer that says, Jesus, I do believe you. I believe that you came. I believe that you lived, that you died, that you rose again. I believe that you are the king and I want to follow you. Would you teach me how to live? If you pray any of those prayers tonight, I encourage you to tell somebody that you're with especially if you prayed the prayer of wanting to become a follower of Jesus so that others can help you learn what that means to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. But we're gonna light candles now. Would you stand with me as we get ready for this moment tonight? Over the last few weeks, we have lit the Advent candles, the candles of our longing the candles of hope, the candle of peace, the candle of joy, the candle of love. Tonight, we light the Christ candle and we remember that all of our longings are met in him. All of our longings, all of our hopes, all of our desires are filled and met in him tonight and in every night. And so we proclaim with the prophets tonight that the light has shone in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. May the light of Christ illuminate our lives and through our lives, may the light of Christ illuminate our worlds. As the staff comes forward, they're going to begin walking up and down the aisles and distributing the baskets of the tea lights. If you would grab a candle and then pass the um, basket on to the next person. And then after you've done that, you can go ahead and light your candle and we'll see the light spread from the Christ candle through the room. And we'll carry that with us out into the world as we remember our calling we remember our dedication to be people who are entirely dedicated to good news. 
entirely dedicated to the gospel, entirely dedicated to the lights of the world. Let's worship him tonight together.
Let's sing one more song together. Let's celebrate the good news. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive the King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing.
thank you for coming to worship on this Christmas Eve. Hey, next week is the, next Sunday is the seventh day of Christmas and we're gonna be meeting here in Palmer at 9.30. What a better way to spend the seventh day of Christmas or the last day of our calendar year, but to gather together and worship. So I wanna invite you to that. As far as your little candles go, you're welcome to put them in the white receptacles. We're gonna recycle them um, after the service or you can take it home with you and leave it lying around your house like my kids do. Um, also, we've got uh, what's left of the cookies in the lobby have been packaged up in little bags. You're welcome to take one of those out with you. Sadly, there's not a drop left of the hot drinks. We had lots of merrymaking. The 2 PMers were the early birds that got the cocoa or whatever. But anyway, I wanna give you a blessing as we go out. I pray that you would be enveloped in the love of the Father God, the peace of Jesus, the Son, and the joy of the Holy Spirit. Go tonight and make merry because best of all, God is with us. Go in peace. Merry Christmas Eve, everyone.